Thessalonians. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. Today, we will continue where we stopped last Sunday, as we focus our attention again on the subject, the best way to predict the future is to create it. Say that with me. The best way to predict the future is to create it. Say it one more time. The best way to predict the future is to create it. Remember a number of proverbs I shared with you, Yoruba proverbs, last Sunday. The best way to predict the future is to create it. You will also recall that I said the word create in that topic is used loosely because only God Almighty within the context of the Bible is a creator. is a creator of heaven and the earth. And no one can match him. No one can match his creative abilities and dimensions. But because he created us in his image, and after his likeness, he has also endowed us with creative abilities. So open that Bible. I've marked it already. To Exodus 35. Uh huh. Begin to read from me from verse 30. I actually need verse 32 there, but I want them to hear. Because I was looking for the New Living Translation proper. <clears throat> Exodus 35, 30 to 35. Read. And Moses told them, The Lord has chosen Bezali, son of Huri, grandson of Hor, of the tribe of Judah. Mm-hmm. The Lord has filled Bezali with the Spirit of God, giving the Lord him... Has filled them with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, giving him great wisdom, intelligence, intelligence, and skill in all kinds of crafts, and skills in all kinds of crafts. Who gave it to him? God. Who gave him the spirit of wisdom? God. He calls it great wisdom. Okay, wisdom also has level. That's why your tailor is different from mine. You understand me? That does not make my tailor better or greater, but I don't patronize your tailor. You patronize your tailor because you like what he sews for you, and I like what mine sews for me. So in Buba and Shukutu, I have Agbada. Do you understand me? Because this jacko is for Agbada. 
But I know if I wear this, I better before I finish, you know. I've told many of them like that, it will go. So I combine. You want to know my tailor? He will not sew it for you. He's pretended. And your tailor can go and copy it. You'll be a copycat. You get copyright, you have to come to me. Read on. Verse 32. He is able to create beautiful objects from gold. Uh-huh. You see, that's the difference between your NLD. He is able to create. Read it. He is able to create beautiful, beautiful objects, objects from gold, gold silver, silver, and, and bronze. He is able to create. Now, I told you our own creative dimensions. God created many things out of nothing. But we create things from what he has created. Do you get it? That's the difference between him and us. He spoke and they were created. And we take out of what he has created, we create things that never existed before. On a regular road, there was no citadel many years ago. But it's now being created. Do you understand me? And you know how we made this warehouse it wasn't like this but with creative abilities we transformed it into an auditorium okay so if you really want to predict your future then create it in addition I also stated last Sunday that when you discover your purpose in life, there is still a hidden purpose within that purpose. And if you don't discover the hidden purpose within your purpose, you will think it's all about you. Mm-hmm. That the reason God gave you that purpose is so that you can become a superstar. David did not know he was a king. His father did not tell him when he was born that you are a prince, you are going to become a king. His father was not a prince. There have been no uh, royalty amongst his ancestors. No one called royal king or queen. I'm talking personally from the family of Jesse. Jesse had eight sons. David was the last. Until Samuel showed up, because God in 1 Samuel 16 said, I have provided for myself a king among the sons. God can make you a king when there is no prince or princess in your lineage. And you better believe that because the first king of England was not a prince. You can go check it. The first king or the first queen in any town. The first one. Either by conquest or by influence, or by acceptance of the people. Do you understand me? Mm, okay. Go ask the KBAC in your village, or in your hometown, to trace the first KBAC and see whether it was a king. Should I can't let the advance to Abel Kuta in 1830. I don't want to go to your field, sir. It was called Okwadagba. There was no king in Abel Kuta at that time. 
He was the one who brought them in. And traditionally, he said, look, I cannot be fighting wars and at the same time be presiding. Take that one and let him be presiding over such matters. And he, the warrior and the generalissimum, died without ever wearing a crown. At the time, they were trying to... Anyway, I'm not going to our history this morning. I don't want to do Professor Ashwaju's work. Because they, they know. You understand? Interpret for your neighbor. Samuel saw the opposite. There is a king here. Mr. Jason lined up the first seven sons. Each of them was refused. From the first to the seventh. That Samuel had to ask. Am I in the wrong house? They said, no, is this Jesse's house? He said, I'm Jesse. Are all these your sons? He said, uh, uh, there is still one. But it's with the sheep. He said, we will not sit down until he comes. David found his purpose that day. In the midst of his brethren, he was anointed king. Say with me, Kubagira gira. I can't hear you. Kubagira gira. Umbugbotolu wa yoshefu mi kubagira gira. Etubeo kubagira gira. Mi ubao kubagira gira. Umbugbotolu wa yoshefu mi kubagira He was not invited to the to the anointing service. <laughs> Just as Solomon was sitting at home when Adonijah invited all the princes and declared himself king, he did not invite Solomon, but Solomon became the king. Thank you. Interpret for those who don't know. Tell them I said, so what is Gubagragra? Okay. By means of strength shall no man prevail. The race is not to the swift, the battle is not to the strong. Do you understand me? Okay. If the battle is to the strong, Goliath should have won over David. I stated you must know the purpose within your purpose. Right in the midst of his brethren was anointed king, but there was a purpose within the purpose which many don't know who are in government and who are in power today. They think they were just elected to be president, elected to be governor, elected to be, or selected to be minister. Therefore, it is their turn. Stupid. First Chronicles chapter 14. First Chronicles chapter 14. Now here I'm king of Tyre, send messengers to David. And cedar trees with masons and carpenters to build him a house. Look, he did not live in Saul's palace. He needed a palace of his own. He was a king of Tyre that sent all the masons and the building materials that David deserved a befitting palace. It was inside that palace that David said, I am living in a house of cedar. The ark of the covenant of the God of Israel is living, living in between tents. I will build God 
a house. You see, he delighted, he allowed his soul to delight in abundance. There was no dime in his hand. Check your record. Second Samuel chapter 7, Second Samuel chapter 8. He had no money to build that house, but he delighted in the Lord. If God could bless me in this way to be living in the house of Cedar, God deserved much more. Then the conquest after conquest after conquest after conquest came that he had all the resources to do it. When we stepped out in faith, we didn't know how God would build the citadel. The totality of what we had cannot even cover interest. We had 500 million, that was all. But he was in a meeting with me, with Pastor Biela, Mrs. B, and everyone with the contractors yesterday. When we faced them, you were there too. I said, the total budget for this contract was 10.8 billion. We have paid you 9.3 billion, so shut up. God who provided that will do the rest. Amen. You step out in faith and trust God. There's no amount of money big enough to dent his account. So it was when that king came to build this house for him. In 1 Chronicles chapter 14 verse 2. That he discovered the purpose within his purpose. 1 Chronicles 14.2. So David knew. Give it to me in King James Version. It's more juicy. It's more juicy. David perceived for the first time. And David perceived that the Lord had confirmed him king over Israel. For his kingdom was lifted up on I, your excellency. Are you hearing me? Commander in chief, governor. Are you hearing me? Your kingdom is lifted because of his people, Israel. That's a purpose within the purpose. It's not about you, David. It's not about you, David. It's not about you, your excellency, Mr. Governor. Because your eight years or four years will soon go. And you become ex this and ex that. You won't be there forever. Anyone will be your legacy. He perceived that God exalted his kingdom on high for the sake of his people, Israel. Pastors do not know there is purpose within purpose. They're called into ministry. I'm, 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 I'm pastor. Uh, don't, don't you know me? Anybody that says, don't you know me, is a nobody. When they start beating their chest, don't you know who is talking? You are a nobody. You don't need to beat your chest for them to know who you are. What is the purpose of this ascension gift that Jesus gave? Is it for them to be Lord over his church? First Peter chapter 5 said, don't be Lord over the church. There's a reason, a purpose within the purpose. A reason, a, a, a purpose within the call. Give me Ephesians chapter 4. Vision chapter 4. So when we are talking about politicians, let's talk about ourselves too. Let's look inward. God has no right to fix the nation if he has not fixed his own nation. This is the holy nation. God has no right to judge the world if he's not dealing accordingly with his own church. Ephesians chapter 4 verse number 1. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk how? Worthy of the calling with which you were called. There's a way to walk on worthy of that call. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is, oh, I thought the Catholics are different from the Baptists. 
I thought the Baptists are different from the Anglicans. I thought the Anglicans are different from the from the rest. From the from who again? From from Foursquare. And Foursquare is different from Presbyterian. And Presbyterian is different from household of God. And household of faith is driven from Lateran. Lateran is different from no. There is one body. When you don't realize that you fight among yourself, Satan does not need to do anything. Because you're already doing his job. There is one body and one spirit. Just you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. That's why I say stretch your hands and pray for me. God is in you too. I have no monopoly of anointing. I have no monopoly of his presence. I need your prayer as much as you need mine. But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore he says when he ascended on high he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Nowadays he ascended what does he mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above where? All the heavens that he might feel all things. Okay? Read with me. And he himself gave some. Are they all apostles? He gave some. Are they all prophets? He gave some. Are they all evangelists? He gave some. Pastors. Are they all pastors and teachers? I'm a pastor. I'm a teacher. I'm an evangelist. I'm an apostle. For what purpose? For the keeping of the saints. For their work of ministry. The church is not supposed to be a a spectator event. Where you all sit and stare. You're a stakeholder. The purpose of the ascension is to keep you. So that we can all come together. You don't get it. Let's read. Let's till we all come. Till we all the fivefold and those who are not folded. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to a measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So there is purpose within purpose. Paul the apostle understood that. He said, I want to apprehend why I was apprehended. Philippians chapter 3. He was going about his business on the road to Damascus to waste the church, to destroy it. That was his, his passion. And he was doing it with everything he got. And then he was arrested on the road to Damascus. And he said, well, God, we need to understand something here. I thank you for saving me, but why did you save me? If you don't know why he saved you, just be singing. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank, then you put it in Yoruba gear. Why did he save you? Can you imagine Esther becoming the queen, not understanding the purpose? If Mordecai was not there to tell him, for such a time as this, you are brought into the kingdom. And if you refuse to help, help! We come from other sources, but you and your father's house will perish even inside the palace. Philippians 3, verse 12 to 15. Philippians 3, 12 to 15. Now that I've already attained, I'm already perfected. 
But I press on that I may lay hold of that for we Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. I want to apprehend why I was apprehended. I want to apprehend why God gave me the opportunity and fill me with skill to do the things I'm doing. I want to understand there's a reason behind the reason. God has a hidden purpose for my life. I need to locate it. If anything causes divorce and, and broken home and broken relationships in marriage is destiny clash. When you don't know your purpose and she doesn't know her purpose and you just are attracted by externalities, when your purpose begins to call, you will discover. Do you know it got so bad that Zipporah said to Moses, a bloody husband thou art with me, he just left. He left. It was Zipporah's father. They eventually took Zipporah and his two sons and they went to look for him where he was. And said, I, Jethro, your father-in-law, had come with your wife and your two sons. Destiny has a way of separating you from the park. When husbands and wives are not on the same page, in no time they will go their different ways. Do you understand? But if two of you shall agree as touching any, it's a blank check given by God to, to mankind. If two of you shall agree as touching anything on this earth, our Father in heaven, my Father in heaven will give it to you. The last submission I made last Sunday is that what you see in people who have attained significant level of success what you see is determined by what you don't see. <laughs> what you see in people who have attained significant level of success is determined by what you don't see. I just introduced Prof to you. I said, oh, a legendary scholar, a foremost historian, uh, 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 an academic of excellence. Sir, that's what we see. But what produced that thing? Primary school, secondary school, first uh, university, first degree, masters, PhD, and research upon research upon research upon research. Nobody sees those things. What this is, Professor Ashwaju is here. Good morning, God bless you. This is Professor Ashwaju. Ah, ah, ah. What you see is determined by the things you don't see. Therefore, take it or leave it, except you understand the undergirding forces of purpose, priority. And productivity, your progress cannot be evident. What you see in people is productivity, but undergirding productivity is purpose and priority. Let's look at First Samuel chapter sixteen as I continue with the message. First Samuel chapter sixteen, eleven to nineteen. 1 Samuel 16, 11 to 19. This is about David again. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the young men here? 
And he said, there remains yet the youngest. And there he is keeping what? I can't hear you. There he is keeping the sheep. Pay attention. What, how was he introduced? A shepherd. A sheep keeper. There he is keeping the sheep. Okay, that is what he's seeing. Alright, let's read further. And someone said to Jesus, send and bring him. For we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. All right. But, power changed hands. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said to him, surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Which means, this is the kind of spirit you can cast out. Call the most anointed. Because God allowed it to be so. That's why it's only things that are bound in heaven that you can bind on earth. It's only things that are losing in heaven that you can lose on earth. And if you just rush into deliverance ministry without understanding that, by the time devil slap you, return home. <laughs> Let's read on. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is a skillful player on the harp. And it shall be that he will play with his hand when the distressing spirit from God is upon you and you shall be well. So Saul said to his servants, provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Who are they looking for? A man who can play well that will be brought to the king. Who are they looking for? A man who can play. Play what? They have very skillfully, very well. That's who they were looking for. Who did they introduce? Who did Jason introduce? A shepherd. There he is with the sheep. That's what they see. All right. Let's, let's, let's now hear what one of the servants said. Then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen... A son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Number one, who is skillful in playing? Number two, a mighty man of valor. Number three, a man of war. He had not joined the army. He was not in the army. A man of war. Number four, prudent in speech. Number five, handsome person. And number six, the Lord is with him. Hello, was that seen by his father? Oh, somebody talked to me. Those things were not lying dormant because others have seen it. Do you understand me? Familiarity brings content. His brothers did not regard him to be anything. His father said, here he is with the sheep. Let's read further. You will understand when I get there. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David who is with the sheep. 
That's the way the father saw him. But others have, you do not know what catapults people into power. You don't know who is listening. You don't know who is watching. You don't know what they are seeing. And one day somebody will drop your name somewhere. Oh no, you don't understand. This is how it happens. You don't have to struggle for it. Somebody will just whisper in the hair of the king, I have found! What is sin? And the people who are extremely successful is determined by the things you don't see. I'll give you a practical example. Have you watched the film Titanic? Titanic, you watched it? Did you watch it? What destroyed Titanic? Iceberg. Was the captain one? Yes. The ship owner, the builder, who built, what did he say? He said, even God cannot sink this. And so, you had iceberg waiting for the Titanic. But all they can see is at the surface. You don't get it. They can see the tip of the iceberg. But what will wreck the Titanic is beneath the water level that you cannot see. And it's so powerful that it sank the Titanic. That's negative. Look at it, the positive. I stand before your minister. Do you know how long it takes? Do you know how of study involved? It's okay to say, oh, that guy is multi-talented. That guy is really blessed. That guy is an orate or a what? We will sit like this and be talking about it. Something will drop. I say something just dropped in my spirit. I run. I may not come back until six hours after. I'm not trying to impress you. But what you see is determined by what you don't see. Input will determine output in life. Garbage in, garbage out. Let's go on. If you compare verse 19 with verse 11 that we read, it's with the sheep, it's his identity. But other things were there that the man had been working on privately that nobody knew anything about. So when he took the challenge and stood there and said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who was already a man of war but not in the army of man? And when you read the Psalms, he said, God trained my hands to battle and my fingers to war. I can leap through a wall. I can jump over a fence. All those training were given by God in the wilderness to David when nobody was paying attention. The most productive people in life start with purpose. The most productive people in life start with purpose. They use purpose like a compass. They allow their purpose to be the guiding force in determining their priority that eventually drives their actions. Productive people start with purpose. They let their purpose determine their priority. And their priority will influence their productivity. P plus P equals P. Purpose plus priority equals 
productivity. The more productive people are, the more purpose and priority are pushing and driving them. The more productive people are, the more purpose and priority are pushing and driving them. This is the meaning of what David said to Eliab when he said, I know the naughtiness of your heart. I know you have come to spy the battle. Why are you here? No, his father sent him to deliver groceries to his brothers. He was just obedient to his father. And do you know what he did? When we get there, you'll find out. He left the few sheep with the keeper of the sheep. He didn't just abandon them and say, Dad has sent me on errands. Whether a lion comes or a bear comes, I don't care. No, he left, in fact, several times in 1 Samuel 17, the Bible says he left Saul to go back to Jerusalem to feed his father's flock. What takes you to the top will have to sustain you there. If you abandon one rung of the ladder, when you are coming back, you know (laughs) how difficult it is. Do you understand me? Okay. I want to focus on a little tiny point this afternoon. You only experience breakthrough when opportunity meets preparation. You only experience breakthrough in life when opportunity meets preparation. That is to say, your productivity and profit rate in life is attainable through purpose-driven priority. If you don't set your priority and prepare yourself, I buffer when you are in examination hall and you are looking at the ceiling, answers are not written there. Tell me if you have not looked at the ceiling in the exam hall. The question is for you, you know. Ask my classmates in college, they will tell you the truth. You will never find me studying all night. Never. I studied daily. I asked questions. By 10 p.m., I'd gone in. You were there with me. And it was during exam, I wore my best suits to the exam hall. Why? I had prepared. That's when you will see. I don't want to mention their name. They are twin, twin stick, middle of the night. They are reading. They don't want to sleep. They put their legs inside water. They rock coffee. Uh-huh. What did you do all time long? All session long? You are partying around. I knew that I calculated to the last cobble the amount I was spending in the university. I could not afford to fail. I asked questions, they looked stupid, but I got answers. I studied daily. Examination day. I would never forget a classmate of mine, I will not mention his name so that he doesn't sue me. I don't know what was wrong with him, I think it was our second year. He had, he had studied, he had taken the, the exact. The exact, was it the exact they call it? The one that will not let them sleep. 
It's not Nescape. Will you? Nescape. I'm sure you went to the University of Calabar. If uh, oh God, let's let's. In the exam, I just got up. The guy ran mad. They had to arrest him to take him to, 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 to the clinic. I'm not kidding. He was hitting a That's what happens to you when you put the car before the horse. And yet, I had time for extracurricular activity. I was a member of the Z Club. The, 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 yeah, Z Club, we called it. And some of my classmates, I won't mention their names because they are hearing. They repeated a year. They came from rich homes. I came from poverty. <laughs> you understand me? Because to fail a class is to drop out. Because I calculated to the last couple. The reason I took part in Alimos Go was because they increased from 30 to 90 naira, three meals a day. Ah, we no go pay, oh, we no go pay. Extra cup. I joined because I knew <laughs> all that I'd saved was about to go. But you see, at the same time, I was working with Ganifai me. I was still a student when I went to his chambers to start helping me with his law report. And so when the day came at the court of appeal, when I qualified, I was 21 days old at the bar. My boss asked me to go and take date from the court of appeal here in Lagos. I stood before the three judges. I'd like to take a date. They said, no, the, your chambers are taking one day, two days. Today we are hearing the case. My guy was abroad. So we will step it down for three hours. Hey. I went down to the library. In the court, the years of preparation, the years that had been that helping him to do the law reporting, came to the fore. I was able to locate this case, locate that case, and I stood before the the man who was on the other side was my senior many years, my 21 days old at the bar. I won my first court of appeal case. Why preparation, preparation. Oh, shaggy logbe. Oh, to grow lofa. Oh, what did you open? Okay, of any role. I want to be like Pastor Deboye. Can you fast? <laughs> Can you fast till your back will blend with your stomach? Sometimes when he had fasted in those days, this is how Baba will be going to the campground. He had, Can you fast? I want to be like Brother Kumui. Oh, I'll tell you the story of a man who went to T.D. Jakes. He said, oh, Brother T.D. Jakes, I'm so blessed by your ministry. I'm so wonderful. I want you to pray that I'll be like you. He said, eh? Okay, so let's pray. Lord, let him be homeless. Lord, in Jesus' name, let him be sleeping in his car, not knowing where the next meal will come from. He said, no, that's not what I want. He said, oh, that's what produced T.D. Jakes. <laughs> What you see in people that are significantly successful is determined by what you don't see. So the courage you see displayed by David when he saw Goliath. 
is determined by what you do not see. And he gave the testimony when he attacked the lion, when he attacked the bear. He said, the God who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he would deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine and deliver him into my hand. Do you understand this? His father did not know he had a lion killer in the house. But it was while he was attending the sheep. His father did not know he had a bear killer in the house. The guy was not going around and saying, hey guys, today was tough. A bear came. No! Kept it to himself until it was time to testify. Here is my take on this subject. And I hope it will be your takeaway this afternoon. Productive people are profitable people. Unproductive people are unprofitable people. Productive people are profitable people. And unproductive people are unprofitable people. This is why the most productive people receive the greatest rewards from their businesses. The most productive receive the greatest rewards from their businesses. Look at Matthew chapter 25. I give you a couple of definitions and I bring the message to a close. Matthew 25 from verse 14. Matthew 25 verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country and called his own servants and deliver his goods to them. And to one he gave, I can't hear you. To one he gave, five talents. To another he gave, two. To another, one. To each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them. And made another five talents. Likewise he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. That is the minimum required. Lord, you saved me, but through me, five others have been saved. If you cannot say that, you're encumbering the ground. You're encumbering the ground. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look. I've been envious of the man with five talents, so I didn't do anything with my two. That's what is killing many people. How uh, can God give him five and me just two? Uh, is he not the same God? Am I not created just like him? Instead of trading with the two, he's envious of the five. But this man didn't, he traded with two. God is not going to hold you accountable for what he has not given you. Huh. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Measure for measure. 
I'll make you ruler over many things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Here comes the last person. The un- unproductive, unfruitful, time waster. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you have not sown. And gathering where you have not scattered seed. I know you, this is my perception of you. I know you are a hard man. I know you to be a very difficult person. It's difficult to please you. That's the reason you are not using your talent. You are a big idiot. It's called idiot. I'm not saying it's idiot. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. And listen to him. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give him to him who has. That's why the cycle of poverty is you cannot save because you cannot invest and you cannot invest because you cannot save. And from him, even the little you have will be taken away. You know, to him who has more, more will be given. Because those who are productive get much more in life than lazy pot belly, not you. Uh-huh. Lazy pot belly, pepper soup joint, beer drinking, charting away their life. I qualified in 1981. I had classmates of university who were called to the bar together. Do you understand me? They were all around. Yaba, no, not Yaba. Ikeja here. Doing charge and bail. And they were making good money. You, you remember? They were making good money. You will not see their bibs to be white, it's brown. They just, they just put it on that money. And once they do one charge and bail or two per day, they get 3,000, they get less, they go to the joint. And then, barista, barista. We don't know the difference between them and Ayude. Thanks so much for listening. We have to end it here today. But it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's word. This message will continue in a subsequent episode. I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye for now.